You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Dare to Love Show you're listening to, and I am Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart, and I am the Coordinator of Religious Vocations uh, Ministries in the Office for Religious in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I also serve as Coordinator of CAVA, which is the Chicago Archdiocese and Vocation Association here in the Archdiocese. And uh, one of the members, uh, Sister Kathleen Branham, is uh, a guest, as well as uh, another sister of her, Sister Marlene. Um, and they are both from the Sisters of St. Francis in Oldenburg, Indiana. They are both out, well, I wanted to say in the boonies, but that's not true. It's uh, more like out in the middle of the desert um, at St. Mary Mission. And here they are. Uh, thank you so much, sisters, for joining me. And I will let you introduce yourselves. First, Sister Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lavinia, Sister Lavinia. It's great to be with you today. I'm Sister Kathleen Branham, and I'm a Sister St. Francis Oldenburg, and I am currently our vocation director. Hi, I'm Sister Marlene Coker. I am an Oldenburg Franciscan. I'm here at St. Mary Mission in Tohatchi, New Mexico on the Navajo Reservation. Thank you so much for being guests. And uh, uh, one of the things, well, Sister Kathleen usually lives in, oh, do you, uh, are you currently in Indiana or in Ohio? Yes. So. Yes, I'm currently living in Oldenburg. Okay. And then, uh, but you're also active, not just in Chicago, but you're also active in Ohio. And do you, do you also operate in Dubuque by any chance as a vocation director or? No, not in Dubuque, but okay. we're all over, you know, the state of Indiana and all over um, Illinois and Ohio as far as doing, being on several different vocation teams. And one of the things that I wanted to share, uh, I uh, had first met uh, Kathleen. We were classmates in uh, the, <laughs> the final vows camp, as we call it. And what it is, is a week-long retreat. And that was in Plymouth, Michigan, if you remember, right, yeah. Kathleen? Um, and on the way there, actually, was it was raining cats and dogs. That's why I remember that trip to Plymouth. But it was a, a week-long retreat from, uh, it was an intercongregational uh, retreat for those who are uh, about to take on their perpetual vows uh, as 
consecrated religious, and we happened to be in the same class. So that was very special. And when I met her, I was like, oh, my goodness, we were both in that class. <laughs> and so and now um, some years later, <laughs> we um, we encountered each other again from the uh, one of the workshops from NRVC, which is a conference for vocation directors. Um, and um, and now she's part of Kava, which is great. So I also looked you up, Kathleen, in terms of like what has she been up to, and you know from the conversations we've had, you have a very interesting vocation story. Uh, so following up last month, because um, Kathy uh, Murph, Braden Murphy uh, was talking about late vocations, and you have that in your story. So why don't you go ahead and share your your story? Okay, um, I knew when I was around five years old. Um, I had been in the hospital. I had my spleen removed at that time. Back then, women, well, children, nobody really lived without their spleens, and they were trying to figure out how to do that. And I started hemorrhaging when I came home, and the doctor told my mom, you know, call the priest because she's going to die. She's not going to make it. They need to, you know, uh, administer extreme unction is what, you know, the last rites were called at that time. And right then and there, when the priest started anointing my forehead with oil, I knew, I just knew I was going to be okay. And, you know, I kept hearing God, you know, say to me ever since I was a little kid throughout my teenage life, throughout my young adult life that, you know, no matter what predicament that I got into, that God has got better plans for me before I ever knew it existed in scripture, of course, which is Jeremiah, you know, 29, 11 through 13, which is for I know well the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare, not for woe, and that when you come to see me and seek me with all your heart, you will find me. So then by the time of first grade, I immediately ran right home. I remember a few days afterwards, you know, with my first grade teacher, who was one of the Oldenburg Franciscans, I, I ran home and I told mom and my dad, I said, you know, don't count on me to give you any grandkids. You know, I'm going to be a sister. And so that thought and that calling literally never went away. Wow. So fast forward, you know, I had a lot of issues growing up and um, there wasn't a lot of pleasant things going on at my home during the time. But, you know, I was trying to, the call never went away, all right? And so I, throughout my life, I made some really bad decisions and wrong decisions. But I knew for a fact I didn't want to get married. I still felt like God was calling me to religious life. And so in my early 20s, well, actually, I think I was 19, I left Indianapolis because that's where I'm from. I'm, all my family is still there. Um, I moved to Evansville, Indiana, where I had an aunt who was living there, and I lived there and moved in with her. Mm. And, you know, I told her, and all my family knew this, that I always wanted to be a sister. It was never a secret. All my friends knew it. But during my 20s, I kind of like put God on the back burner. Okay. Life happened. And was just, yeah, just going about my normal business, you know, being in my early 20s, having fun, going to parties and like I said, making some bad decisions, but you know, the older I got, and there was one time that I was even homeless and I was, I had a job. Wow. I was living in my car for about four days 
And so I could save enough money for my paycheck to even get an apartment. And, you know, so I was couch surfing those, those few days, you know, with some of my coworkers, which, you know, was very, I was very grateful for, but yeah, I was even homeless until I could find a place to live. And then it was kind of like, I knew I had to put me and put my life back together. So in my latter 20s, you know, I, I started working on me and it took, you know, three, four years to really put me together to, you know, I went back to church. Um, I was involved with, you know, some ministries at the church and that call had still never left. You know, I had been in and out of relationships, but I could never make a hundred percent commitment. I think, you know, the longest commitment I ever made to anything or any person or anything was 13 years. And then, so in my late thirties, early forties, you know, I kept having these dreams over and over and over again. And, you know, God said, okay, you did the work, you know, you've worked on you, you've put you back together, you know, it's time for you to come home. And so by this time, I had a humongous five bedroom, 4,100 square foot home. Mm. I had a boat. I had a place at the lake. I had a sports car. I had a lot of money. I was doing very well. And I was in transportation industry for about 23 years, working in an all male dominated industry, you know, which to me, I was comfortable because I had four brothers and I was the only girl. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so I made the decision and I literally had to weigh out the pros and cons. Because my boss was very upset with me, even though he was Catholic and had a few of his blood sisters in her, the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth. Mm. He said, you just don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and he said, I was going to turn this whole entire business over to you. Oh. And he said, do you realize that's a six digit figure income? So I literally had to weigh out the pros and cons with a sheet of paper. You know, am I going to enter religious life or is, you know, do, is this what I want? Wow. And even though, you know, his, his list was longer as far as having more attainable material things, um, you know, money, the whole works, um, I realized that still is not what I wanted. I was never, ever truly happy. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and made the decision and I was discerning, you know, with my community, the Oldenburg Franciscans, because I had them all 12 years and somebody did challenge me, you know, well, how do you know it's Oldenburg Franciscans? And so I, because I wasn't that far from, you know, a Benedictine community in Southern Indiana, mm -hmm. I thought, well, okay, I will call them and see, maybe Oldenburg wasn't the right fit. And so I called and I went up there and it was nice, but it just wasn't home. Mm -hmm. And so when I drove through the back gates of home or Oldenburg, I, I was home. I knew that this was a community for me and I entered when I was 43 years old. And this is the longest commitment I have ever made in my whole entire life. So I did as St. Francis did, you know, and as scripture said, you know, if you want to follow me, go sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. And actually I've been in religious life now, 21 years. So longest commitment I ever made. Right. Now, yes. um, in your community, Kathleen, um, do you celebrate your 25th um, from joining or from profession? Well, what we do is the moment that we enter the postulancy, that is our entrance date. Okay. So we do celebrate in our community because women are entering older. 
we do have a 15-year jubilee, <gasps> then 25, then 40, 50, 60, So are you 70, preparing for 2024? I'm sorry? 2024, because that's what I'm looking forward for my 25th. Well, yeah, it, mine will be 2025. Oh, so because okay. Because my date is actually 2000. Okay, so, yeah. Well, mine was yeah. October 1st, the Feast of St. Teresa of Lisieux. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Because even if it's uh, in the fall, it still counts as 2024, uh, 20, you know, 1999. Yeah. But, you know, one yeah. thing that I zoomed in on that you um, talked about in your story is home. I heard the word home, time to come home. And that is a pattern that seems to come through, even in my own vocation story. And all the people I've interviewed with their vocation story, it's like, I am home. And that's probably the feeling that you were able to bring in. So, uh, and so how long uh, from starting to think, you know, God is leading you into it, and finally when you made that step, that final step, how, how long? Is it years or... Okay, well, the call never left, you know, because even throughout my life, especially when I was about to do something stupid, you know, make a bad decision, God was always saying it, and I really, truly heard it. You know, I've got better plans for you, better plans. So it's actually been throughout my whole entire life. Now, from the time I finally said, all right, this is what I need to do. You know, I realized that the material possessions that I was accumulating was it wasn't filling the void in my heart, which I knew what that void was. That void was God. And so once I made that decision, I contacted Oldenburg and I said, this is what I want to do. So, I mean, by the time you get to be, you know, I believe in your 40s, you know, you're capable of making those type of decisions. You know what you want and you go for it. And so that's basically what I did. So from the time I contacted Oldenburg, which I believe was in September of 1999, you know, you, our community, you know, there's really no set time frame on how long you discern. But I actually only discerned with them for nine months when I said, let's go, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And nine months actually is perfect, like a gestation. But this is a perfect time for a break. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Kathleen, Sister Kathleen. And so um, what, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about St. Mary Mission and Sister Marlene. We'll be Thank back. Thank you so much. I've traveled long and far to follow you. A stranger and a pilgrim in this Sometimes I wonder what this journey will bring, and you guide me faithfully. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. 
Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. The word made clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the word of God. Enjoy. Sometimes I wonder what this journey will bring. And you guide me faithfully. And we are back here at the Extra Love Show. Uh, thank you, listeners and viewers. This is Sister Lavina, and my guests today are Sister Kathleen Branham and Sister Marlene Cohart from the Oldenburg Franciscans. And uh, right now for the second session, we've heard from Sister Kathleen on her vocation story. And now Sister Marlene um, Cohart will talk about St. Mary Mission uh, where she is pastoral minister at the moment, although she wears many hats. Um, but in uh, Tohachi, New Mexico, she has been there for 20 year, 23 years at St. Mary's. So, Sister Marlene, um, welcome, and thank you again for taking this time to be our guest. And um, can you tell us more about your ministry there and about St. Mary Mission? About St. Mary Mission, okay. St. Mary Mission is on the Navajo Reservation, uh, 25 miles north of Gallup. Um, I came here after being, I was seven years in Shiprock, which is the neighboring parish 70 miles north of here. And then uh, one of two of our sisters left here and they asked if I would come down here. So I came. And um, it's a small town out, and it's rural which is fine with me because I grew up in Southern Indiana out in a farm in a small town. So this is just very much, Sister Kathleen mentioned home. This is home for me. Wonderful. And has been. And um, 
So ministry here is anything goes. As somebody asked, what's your day like? I said, there's no two days alike. And you, you can sort of know what might be coming, but you answer the doorbell, answer the phone, um, see who comes, what their need is. So it might be um, like starting the day with prayer. We pray together and have mass usually during the week and, and Tuesday through Friday and then Sunday. Then, mm-hmm. but um, it might be the food pantry, the mm-hmm. clothes closet. There's our church right there. That was from this past Sunday. There's our prayer chapel. Wow. And we and when the weather is normal times, we have mass over in our prayer chapel. This is our Legion of Mary. We pray. We're getting back to a weekly schedule now. Mm-hmm. This is our youth. We have a youth connections, uh, and this is at the Sacred Heart uh, Retreat Center. This is our choir. Um, is it Palm Sunday? <laughs> so I do liturgy. This is outside our hall, our parish hall. This is for our centennial, which we did not get to celebrate last year. Mm-hmm. This is Bible school, religious ed. Uh, there's back to the thrift store. So there's just whatever. We also have do funerals and burials. And we've had about 45 to 50 in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the COVID, we just haven't had, we haven't been in church that much. We're just getting back to church. Yeah. What's, what's the situation little, out there with the pandemic? Family. What's the situation with the pandemic, Sister Marlene? Um, it was... Per capita, it was high, mm-hmm. but uh, I only know a few people who have died of the COVID mm-hmm. who were active in the parish, some of the elders, some of the youth. We've had about half of our funerals have been other causes, mm-hmm. heart attacks, diabetes, cancer, you know, the normal things, um, old age. <laughs> yeah. um, but the pandemic has really put everything on hold and hopefully people will be coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to talk about how the Navajos have their own. Oh, the see, we're on the New Mexico. So we go by New Mexico guidelines, right? We have Archdiocese of Gallup or Diocese of Gallup guidelines and Diocese of Gallup is both New Mexico and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, but then each, reservation each tribe has their own guidelines and navajo uh, tribe is the largest in the united states and it covers three states parts of three states new mexico arizona and a little up into utah and they have their own guidelines mm. so those guidelines now have opened up to 50 percent capacity on sundays okay and wearing masks gelling contact tracing the whole bit. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just getting back. Home visits, we're just starting. Sunday, we have a baptism of a 103-year-old lady who wants to be baptized. Oh, my goodness. We're going out to her home. It's six miles north of here, six, well, probably eight miles north of here on a paved highway. Mm-hmm. And then we go east 16 miles on a dirt road to get to her house. Mm-hmm. So, and she's getting dementia, but her family wants her baptized. They're baptized. They want, I thought she was baptized. I didn't know she wasn't. 
I've known her for 15 years, but I didn't know she wasn't baptized. Well, if, if she's forgotten, <laughs> it doesn't hurt to be baptized twice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said, what? <laughs> but It'll anyway, be a we're celebration. Going to her because she's that far away and she's 103 and de- getting dementia, her family says. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, I don't know. Um, we had yesterday was an interesting day. Sister Kathleen said, What did you do yesterday? I said, Oh my gosh, phone calls, doorbells, people coming to the pantry, people coming to the clothes closet. It's because I was doing vocation work yesterday. <laughs> I said, the day just went. That's uh, awesome. An elderly man from Coyote Canyon came, mm-hmm. or called. And that's our parish, too. Our parish mm-hmm. has two missions. Coyote oh. Canyon, which is 20 miles north, south, east. And then St. Mar- uh, Anthony Nostiti, which is 20 miles north. Mm-hmm. And so when Sister Pat was here, she died two years ago unexpectedly. Oh, I'm sorry. She went in Sunday morning. She'd leave at 6.30, go to St. Joseph's Coyote Canyon, have services there and stay afterwards for social and class. Mm-hmm. Then she'd come back and go to St. Anthony in Oschitty, uh 20 miles north of here for the mm-hmm. same thing, serve, uh, mass or scap, and then um, classes afterwards. And she might get home 2.30, 3 o'clock. Wow. So she'd be gone from 6.30 to mm-hmm. 3 o'clock. Um, yeah. doing her ministry and that was 80 miles round trip and um and that so that's our parish that's yeah our that parish. would be like in over a hundred degree heat right mm-hmm. it I could think. be yeah and Load. You, she yeah, didn't you're, like it in the winter yeah because snow she hated snow and ice <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i didn't even think she about that that's another ice. thing right and um Hundred is unusual for us. We've had in the nineties for two mm-hmm. weeks now, and that's not our normal. No, uh, usually upper eighties, low nineties, maybe. But this mm-hmm. is extreme, and we're in a thirty-year drought. Right, it's thirty years. You go to these burials that uh, the graveside they dig. There's not a sight of one drop of water in those six feet. Right. It's dry. Yes, not one ounce. Yeah. Yeah, we really need to do and something. And the elevation here is high, so like Sister Kathleen, and then coming out to this, and we say take a day or two and just get used to the altitude. Right. We're sixty-three, six thousand three hundred feet here, right. and you can go higher when you go out visiting or whatever. Um, but uh, we're at the foothills of the Chuska Mountains, and okay. um, but anyway, it's high desert. Right. And it's dry. But we have winter. We have all the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have much vegetation. Everything is dry, dry, dry. Right. So uh, we have groups that come. We're having next week, we mm-hmm. have a group coming from Cincinnati, St. Peter and Paul in Cincinnati. They partnered with us for 20 years now. They come to us, we go to them. And I was just about to ask about involvement. So uh, I know that when I went to the website, there's really nothing there because of, um, you know, COVID and things like that. But Mm -hmm. Sister Kathleen is working on uh, a more active uh, Facebook way to get into your information. (laughs) And definitely um, one thing, I mean, I I even feel like, okay, I I would like to go and visit you there. Um, Probably not realistic for my time uh, right now, but at least if we can share this out there in the world, maybe some people will be uh, we'll, we'll feel moved oh, yes. to help you out. So, and, and at we least take part. Mm-hmm. So we don't there have a lot of, um, 
we don't have a lot of time right now, but um, I oh, hope okay. that you can be guests one uh, once again. And please take uh, pictures and, and write up something about um, the baptism because perhaps I can have you back um, on the show and we'll talk about it. How about that? Okay. And Sister Kathleen, um, your Facebook uh, is uh, facebook.com and look for St. Mary Mission Tohachi. New Mexico, right? Yeah, there it is right. on the it's screen. The, it's the one with the hyphen because the one without the hyphen is the old Facebook. Okay, site, all right. And we don't have administrative rights to delete it, so gotcha. just pay attention to the one that has the hyphen, which is the new Facebook. Wonderful. Okay, and then uh, also for those who are interested in uh, joining the Oldenburg Franciscans, uh, email. K Branham, that's K B R A N H A M at Oldenburg OSF, O L D E N B U R G O S F dot com. And your uh, cell phone, uh, Kathleen, is 513 504 4276. Again, that's 513 504 4276. So uh, please visit um, their site and especially support St. Mary Mission. Thank you so much, sisters. Um, we just want to extend blessings and, and our appreciation for the wonderful ministry you're doing with the Navajo Nation. Thank you so much thank for being with so us. Thank you so very much. It's been an honor. And again, thank you, St. Clair, for making this work. Yay. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Javier. to love and to be faithful to be more like